in doing a daily radio program like this, you eventually get your share of critics, people that say you're a conspiracy theorist, whatever. I've learned to ignore them because over time, what we've told you has been proven true. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to Monday and a brand new week of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I've got a number of stories in front of me today. And some might classify these as conspiracy theories, or maybe, maybe, well, as we said Friday, what is the difference between a conspiracy theory sometimes and the truth? (laughs) About six months to a year. We're seeing that more and more on a number of fronts. And I get a kick out of people that will criticize a program like this. They'll say, you know, we got to get those conspiracy theorists and those Bible thumpers off the radio. We can't have that. We want more oldies music. Well, fine. Listen to your music. Be uninformed. And, you know, that's your that's your prerogative if that's what you want to do. And if you want to play oldies, go buy some airtime on another shortwave radio station and play all the music you want. My job on this radio program is to try to sort through all the noise and the headlines that are out there. And and I get a kick out of my critics. I really do. It, it, it brings kind of a weird smile to my face. I feel sorry for them because they're living in this happy bubble where they can believe what they want to believe and never have to think it through on their own. In other words, somebody else does their thinking for them. One of the things that I've learned about this radio audience is most of you are capable of thinking for yourself. You do a lot of research, those of you that are online. Those that are not online do a lot of listening to radio programs, even in some cases some some television, whatever the case may be. And you try to get to the, the truth of a matter, not just the the glossed over public relations campaign of a story matter. Now, I have to say this, that those that watch MSNBC, my wife shared something with me this morning, have got to be the most functionally illiterate people on the face of the earth who believe everything that they're told by that lying reprobate outfit. One of the one of the people at MSNBC said the only reason that uh, you know that, that that DeSantis won the governorship in Florida is because of gerrymandering. And I'm thinking, obviously, this person is a liar, or totally ignorant, or just plain stupid, and shouldn't be. You know, you shouldn't put a person like that spouting something. How does gerrymandering? elect a governor it doesn't it simply doesn't do that a governor's race in a state like florida is a statewide race it doesn't matter what the congressional districts at the federal or state level look like it is the grand total of all the voters And how MSNBC can make such a ludicrous and insane, stupid, ignorant, buffoonish comment is beyond me. But then again, it's MSNBC, where the buffoons 
get on the TV daily and spout garbage, misinformation, falsehoods, propaganda, and an ideology. But Bob, that's misinformation. MSNBC is a credible news source. Yeah, how many times have they been wrong? They never admit to it. They just move on. Okay, we were wrong. We'll just move on. Even some of the conservative outfits can be like that. NBC, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, CNN, all of them. They were so thrilled when the big red wave wasn't as big of a wave as people predicted. And anybody that that had been really paying attention should have seen that one coming. We talked about it. I warned you before the election, don't count on this tsunami of a red wave. It's not going to happen. And don't even count on getting the Senate back. It's a good chance we won't. Conservatives, well, number one, let's be honest. People like Mitt Romney may be a Republican, but he's no conservative. He's just a, a swamp creature. And I've got some stories on that today. Little quick story. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out today and tomorrow and into the middle of the week. The Arizona Attorney General's Office is demanding an explanation before the state's biggest county certifies its midterm elections. Now, State Assistant Attorney General Jennifer Wright has asked Maricopa County to respond to numerous allegations of Election Day mismanagement. And we've seen enough stories about some of the real weird things that happened in Maricopa County. Why did printers fail to work? Why did machines to read ballots not read the ballots? And why did that happen only in predominantly, shall we say, Republican districts and not in Democrat districts? They want to know. Oh, Bob, that's just a conspiracy theory. Thousands of people literally gave up, unable to vote. Because the Democrats understood one thing. Republicans tend to come to elections on election day to vote. And if you can thwart them on election day and the Democrats have taken advantage of, you know, weeks of early voting, you have a good chance of winning. And so this state prosecutor has said, that official statements made by two county officials, the Board of Supervisors Chairman and the County Recorder, possibly violated a section of Arizona law governing county and local election administration. There's a lot going on there. And I'm not going to get into the full letter, but there have been you know thousands of people that complained to the state. And probably there's a lot more They complained if they ever had a chance to be heard. We've been saying it for two years. There has been some strange monkey business in the election process. I think there's been a lot of strangeness over the years. They thought they had it perfected by 2016, not quite. But they got it right by 2020. And I think there's some things that they're they're just understanding how elections work. I thoroughly understand this. Conservatives will show up on election day, thwart their efforts, make it more difficult, make the machinery fail, do whatever it takes to make them be dispirited and go home and not vote. Then you don't have to count their vote. And get all your people out super, super, super early. 
Harvest those ballots. Get them in the bag. Well, guess what, conservatives? Here's a life lesson. We can play the same game they do. Maybe it's time we harvest some ballots the way they do. Maybe it's time that we play the game the way they do. Maybe it's time that we motivate our people to vote early like they do. Maybe it's time we get more people to register and request ballots like they do. We don't do any of that. We just show up on election day and then have the machines break in Maricopa County and other similar stories like that. No, we we can't pretend that we are dealing with people that have honesty or integrity. They don't. They simply don't. At the federal level, we have a couple of people in jobs and positions. We have a lot of people, actually, but there are a couple that are coming to mind that I want to highlight today on the program. DH Secretary, Department of Homeland Security, Mayorkas, and FBI Director Christopher Wray are two people I would like to share some of the things that they have said and some of the things that they have done in recent weeks and months. Those two individuals, along with Merrick Garland, are unadulterated, unashamed, unrepentant liars, and they don't care. They absolutely do not care. They will lie to you straight to your face. They will lie before congressional hearings, the United States Senate. They will lie before the news media. They lie in what they say and what they do. These people are undeserving of a position in government because they have put party over what is right and wrong. They have put a very evil ideology over what is right and proper. They are well paid, they are narcissistic, and they don't care about you. They don't care about this nation. They don't care about anything except their position and power. And don't you dare ever hold us accountable. Don't you dare ask us questions that we don't want to answer. They'll run their mouths trying to avoid answering questions because they know, they know that the answers of the things they are doing are unconstitutional, illegal, and just bad judgment. These people of bad judgment should be fired and forbidden from ever working in federal and hopefully state government. If they are lawyers, they should be permanently disbarred. If they work in law enforcement, their credentials should be permanently removed. People like Mayorkas will lie to the Congress, lie to the press, lie to you, in spite of, it, it's kind of as silly as, you remember watching the 2020 riots? The CNN reporter standing in front of burning buildings and a burning police car with people running and throwing bottle, you know, Molotov cocktails, rocks, and everything else behind him in a mostly peaceful protest. And we're supposed to believe the CNN reporter, a mostly peaceful protest. We can see it with our own eyes if you're watching TV. Totally incredible. 
absolutely insane. Yet here we are. You've got these reprobates, and I call them that for a reason, because they fit the biblical definition of a reprobate. They are literally, in my way of thinking, irredeemable if they're unrepentant. And I think they have given themselves over in such a way that they are very possibly irredeemable by their own choice. So I want you to hear this little exchange. Now, let me kind of set this up. This is with DHS Secretary Mayorkas. Now, he was before the United States Senate. In this case, you're about to hear the voice of Missouri Senator Josh Hawley asking him some questions. And this pretty much shows you where the Department of Homeland Security now focuses their efforts. And to say that they don't is being intellectually dishonest. You know, 20 years ago, I was deeply concerned about what was called the Patriot Act. And many people were, well, warning what would happen if you created such a Department of Homeland Security. It it sounds almost, oh, I don't know, something like you'd see in 1930s Germany. And people said, no, that'll never happen. But then again, look carefully and listen carefully to this individual trying to defend the indefensible. Here's Josh Hawley asking the questions. I think my colleagues have established, given what we're seeing on the southern border, the the massive increase in illegality there, that that's clearly not a priority for your agency. So let's talk about what appears to be, and that is spying on Americans and censoring their speech. You have turned your agency into a censorship machine. Now, you said earlier this year that you disbanded the Disinformation Governance Board, which I thought was totally unconstitutional, but that turns out to be at best misleading. That's just the tip of the iceberg in terms of what you're doing. Your own quadrennial review, which was just reported in the press, says that disinformation is going to be the new focus at DHS. The Quad Review says that DHS plans to target, I'm quoting now, inaccurate information domestically on a wide array of subjects, including, quoting, the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic, the efficacy of COVID-19 vaccines, racial justice, U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, and the nature of U.S. support from for Ukraine. This is what you're devoting your agency's resources to. So. I guess my first question is, is an American citizen who criticizes COVID mandates now to be treated as a domestic terrorist? Of course not. And I'd like to say three things since uh, you have three inaccuracies in the question you posed to me. Number one, border security is a priority of ours. Number two, the department does not censor speech. And number three, we did not publish a quadrennial review. Does it exist, the quadrennial review? I believe it is uh, being worked on. Well, it's been published in the media. Will you make it public? Uh, when it is final, it will be public. Mr. Chairman, uh, without objection, I'd like to enter the, this article called The Truth Cops, published in The Intercept. Uh, here's my question then. If, if you're not censoring speech and if you're not treating Americans as domestic terrorists, then why is it that you're pressuring big tech to treat American citizens as if they're threats to the homeland? Why are you pressuring them to censor speech? 
let, let me just let me just take let's take a look at some new documents that have come to light that show what your administration is doing, this administration is doing to censor speech. Let's take a look at this email from July sixteenth, twenty twenty one. It's over my shoulder here. Facebook emailing HHS saying, "I know our teams met today to better understand the scope of what the White House expects from us on misinformation going forward." Are you familiar with that email? No. Let's try another one. And if I should, how about hold on, hold on, that, 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 hold, on. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, uh, we'll get to that. But you're not familiar with this, all right? Let's try a different one. Here's one from July twentieth, twenty twenty one. The White House emails Facebook saying, "Any way we can get this pulled down?" Forty six seconds later, Facebook responds, "Yep, we're on it." Are you familiar with that email? No. Okay. How about how about this one? July 23rd, 2021, Facebook employee writes to HHS, says, thank you for taking the time to meet today. Wanted to make sure you saw the steps we took just this past week to adjust policies and what we are removing with respect to misinformation. Are you familiar with that one? Uh, Senator, we do not instruct. Just, just, yes, just yes or no. Uh, no, because I'm the okay. secretary of DHS. Well, I'm asking you that because it's funny you say that. A federal judge has just found as a finding of fact, Mr. Secretary, that your office, and I'm going to quote now, is supervising the nerve center of federally directed censorship. It's a federal judge and a federal lawsuit. You are supervising the nerve center of federally directed censorship. Here's another email, August 20th, 2021. Facebook writes again to HHS and highlights that Facebook is increasing the strength of our demotions for COVID and vaccine-related content. April 16th, 2021, Rod Flaherty at the White House circulates a Zoom meeting invitation to Twitter employees stating White House staff will be briefed by Twitter on vaccine misinformation. We have example after example of this administration coordinated, apparently, according to a federal court, by your agency, pressuring, coercing social media companies to engage in censorship. Is that constitutional? That is unequivocally false. And there he is. The Secretary of Homeland Security, Mayorkas, lying, just bold face lying before the United States Senate, the news media, and the American people, the evidence is overwhelming that this is what they have been trying to do. Remember, who appointed Mayorkas to that job? The President of the United States. Who does he answer to? The President of the United States, or at least the people running the White House. I don't know if it's the President. That's still up for debate. He's the same man that'll tell you the border is secure. The border is secure. We have secured the border. The border is secure. Yet we have the most people coming across the border today than any time in United States history. We don't know who they are. We only have interdiction with a handful. The rest just kind of slide right in. End up anywhere. We don't know. They're given their little show up to court stuff. They never show up. Now, just to give you an idea of the numbers, back in October of this year, there were something like 230,678 encounters across the southwest border. That's just the month of October. 230-some-odd thousand. That's just encounters. 
how many came across the border that we did not have an encounter with? They don't want to tell us. I wonder why. And so every, every four months, we are closing in, yeah, let's say every five months, between four and five months, it's another million people coming into the United States. That means in a year's time, it's like two million people. In two years' time, we're, we're pushing four and five million that we know of. And yet we're told the border is secure. The border is secure. (laughs) I mean, and we're supposed to believe this reprobate when he lies to you. The border is secure. We have secured the border. The border is secure. Kamala Harris, the, you know, the czar for our border security. The closest she ever got to the border was a Taco Bell somewhere in Texas. That's about it. And she's one heartbeat away from being president. We are in big trouble with her. And so here we are. You heard, you heard the exchange. Mayorkas doesn't care. He really doesn't care. He doesn't care about the fentanyl. He doesn't care about any of it. But he's really concerned about, you know, vaccine disinformation. It was his agency fighting those that talked about, you know, this virus may have come from a lab. They were trying to shut that down. Now we know it was true. All you that criticized this program, it's misinformation, Bob. You know, it came from a wet market in in Wuhan. No, it didn't. You can thank Peter Daszak. You can thank Ralph Barrick, you can thank Anthony Fauci for creating this monster and releasing it on the world. The evidence is overwhelming, undeniable. Yet Mayorkas and company are more concerned about shutting that conversation down in social media than dealing with the border, dealing with truth, dealing with fentanyl, dealing with any of it. And I have to ask why. And then we have the FBI supposedly one of those premier law enforcement agencies. I I don't know how premier they really can be. Let's face it. How many decades was it run by a transvestite that kept a dossier on every politician in Washington by the name of J. Edgar Hoover, another evil reprobate individual that craved his power? He had a dossier on presidents, senators, congressmen, you name it. And you did what what J. Edgar said, or he would get that information to where you did not want information to be released. Even if it was not so much true, if it came from the FBI, people would believe it. That's another institution at the Justice Department. There needs to be a fumigation of the seventh floor where the leadership is. There needs to be a fumigation, a removal of people like Christopher Ray. He needs to be gone. He should have been gone three years ago. He should never have been placed in that position. He is no better than Comey. Another liar, another reprobate, another evil individual. Merrick Garland that runs the Justice Department, he needs to be gone. He does not need to be working in government. Thank God, he is not a Supreme Court justice. It's kind of like having a demon on the Supreme Court to have him in that room. 
There is no health and salvation in him. And I say that not as a judgment, but as, a, as an easy observation by the words that have come out of his own mouth. But let's talk about Christopher Ray. He also appeared before the Senate not that long ago. And Josh Hawley had just finished a little conversation about why he had kind of bailed out on the last one early, and he tried to make some lame excuse that he had a plane to catch. And truthfully, the FBI director is not allowed to fly commercial. He flies in a government plane, and he was on his way to a vacation. He could have waited a little bit longer to head off to the Adirondacks. But he didn't. It was like, hey, you're the Senate of the United States. I, I am Christopher Ray, and I really don't care to speak to you. I don't think I have to answer to the American people because I am Christopher Ray. I am J. Edgar Hoover incarnate. And so this is the exchange that he had with Josh Hawley. Let's just look at some of the things while you've been vacationing that your FBI has been doing. According to numerous whistleblowers who have come forward to members of this body, to members of the House, the FBI has been sending more than, in one instance, a dozen armed agents to a rural Pennsylvania home of a Catholic pro-life demonstrator to arrest him at gunpoint in front of his children in early morning hours, despite the fact that he posed no risk of violence or threat and had previously offered to turn himself in. Numerous whistleblowers, field agents, have alleged that D.C., your headquarters has pulled them off working on child sex abuse cases, working on human trafficking cases, in order to work on January 6th matters for this reason, to give the appearance, they say, they say, that there are hundreds of new domestic terrorism cases in the country, when in fact there are not. Whistleblowers, field agents have also said that D.C. has ordered the use of SWAT teams on nonviolent suspects who may have attended a January 6th rally and... They have been ordered to conduct surveillance and knock on doors of people who were not even in D.C. on January 6th. And again, all of this, according to the whistleblowers, these are your agents, all of this in order to make it look as if there's a mass surge in domestic terrorism all across the country when, in fact, the stats are being padded by political directive in your office. They also say, these whistleblowers, the D.C. leadership deliberately suppressed investigations into Hunter Biden, contrary to FBI procedure, and have also retaliated against FBI agents and whistleblowers who have contacted Congress, which, by the way, they are protected by statute to do so. This is what's happening at your FBI while you are evading oversight hearings. Mr. Director, do you think you're still up to this job? I absolutely think I'm still up to this job, and I think our workforce feels the same way. Well, I don't. And frankly, I think you should have been gone a long time ago. And not only should have he been gone a long time ago, he never should have been put in that position to begin with. There was enough information about him at the time. And I understand, I understand the time frame of 2017 and you had Democrats, well, they wanted to get this, you know, that we needed a Mueller investigation, you know, for this Russian collusion delusion that went on for how long? How long? The FBI and Christopher Wray knew it. Andy McCabe knew it. James Comey knew it. They knew every bit of it was a total and absolute fabrication and a lie. Totally. And they went before a FISA court and lied. They lied. They should be in prison for 20 years for what they did, minimum. That's treason. 
in another time, there would have been an execution for what they have done. But no, we're told we have to believe that everything was just fine, that there was rushing collusion, and the, the election of 2020 was perfectly honest and fair. Even though we had ghost voters that lived in fields in Georgia that no one ever heard of before and that disappeared off the face of the earth. We're supposed to believe that's normal. We're supposed to believe it's normal that somebody goes by a politician's headquarters at 11 o'clock at night, walks out and then heads off to a ballot box or ballot boxes around Atlanta and drops off taking pictures of them, hundreds of ballots at a time in these Zucker boxes. That's normal. And if you dare question it, you're a conspiracy therapist. Misinformation. Vaccine denier. Well, let me ask you a question, critics. You're the same ones that told us a year and a half ago, take the vaccine, you won't get COVID, you won't spread COVID, and COVID ends with you. Rochelle Walensky said it. The President of the United States said it. We've played those audio clips many a time. And we said on this program, there are too many doctors that are challenging that notion that this is not a This is a non-sterilizing vaccine. In other words, it doesn't stop you from getting or spreading. And the evidence was already there at the end of 2020. And we now find out from Europe in a hearing, oh, we never tested to see if it would keep you from getting or spreading the virus. We just thought it might. We're working at the speed of science, don't you know? No, you're working at the speed of greed and money. But to say that two years ago, year and a half ago, you were a conspiracy theorist. And it turns out we were right. How many times has Joe Biden had COVID since he's been vaccinated? How many times has the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, had COVID that we know of? At least twice. Oh, I know. They'll say, but the symptoms are milder. I got news for you. I know a lot of people that have come down with Omicron, unvaccinated people, by the way. Symptoms incredibly mild and short-lived. My wife and I went through it early this year. We started sneezing, then coughing, light fever, disappeared, and then fatigue for a couple of weeks. We 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 didn't understand why. That was the only real side effect. We'd get up in the morning have breakfast, I would produce this radio program, then I would have to take a nap. Get up and, you know, have dinner, watch some TV, go to bed. We were sleeping incredible amounts for a couple of weeks. That was the extent of it. So I don't buy this that the vaccine, well, some people will say there may be some evidence that shows that a year ago or so, maybe for a short term it did, lower your symptoms, but that's even gone. As Omicron has taken over, it has changed the landscape tremendously. Now, I'm not going to get into that today. That was not my intent, and I'm not going to do any more about that today. Now, in the program, in just a few minutes, I want to talk a little bit about a topic, and I'm reaching out to a friend of mine that I hope to get on the radio program to explain in layman's terms cryptocurrencies, digital currencies. 
What are real assets? We're not selling you anything. Trust me on that. I just want you to have the information. And this is not from anybody that's selling anything. This is from a guy that used to teach economics. And a lot of people, you know, this whole thing about cryptocurrency and, and FTX, the big collapse, they don't quite understand what it's all about. And there's a lot I need to learn about this. And I'm doing a lot to educate myself so I can explain it to you in words we all can understand. There's a lot of mystery surrounding these cryptocurrencies. And I want to deal with that on the program today, along with a couple of other stories that you need to hear. A couple of quick updates, by the way. I'm working, and if you would like to take a look at a work in progress, something that I've been kind of developing for quite a while in the background, you know, you hear me talk about ancient word radio. Well, it started out as a parent ministry to create some online radio channels. There are two channels that are somewhat up and running right now at ancientwordradio.com. That's ancientwordradio.com. Eventually, there'll be another channel I'm going to develop called a talk and teaching channel. It'll be basically Faith Talk Radio will be the name of it when the time comes. And it's, it's in development. And I would like you to find these, these offerings. There's no charge, no nothing. It's something that we can sustain. And that is, you can go to ancientwordradio.com. Now, by the way, when you give to this radio program and you make that check payable to Ancient Word Radio, it's not subsidizing any of the online. It's take, That's taken care of totally separate. When you give a gift to this radio program, it is to buy the shortwave airtime. And I still believe, even though the number of listeners has declined over the years, there's still an importance to shortwave. Sure, I wish I could be on domestic radio stations, but the, we simply can't afford to do that. And the distribution or trying to get it on satellite or some way for a station to take it is just not there right now. But we are on the radio at WRMI and a few days a week also at KVOH. And you can hear us. There's like two airings in the late afternoon and one or two at night, depending on the evening. And we are on frequencies, we are on three different frequencies during the course of the time that we are on WRMI every day. And I want to keep that. I'd like to expand it if possible. And there may be a way to do that. It really, we're also, by the way, I found out, I did not know this until a couple of days ago, that we are now on an antenna. I got to look up the time, but we can be heard in Europe now on 15770. Uh, kilohertz. So I'm excited about that, that we are now starting our our broadcast getting into Europe. I'd like to see that expand as well. It can be done if you'll pray for us, number one. Pray for me. By the way, I'm feeling so much better, and, and I really thank you for your prayers. Yeah, I know I'm offending somebody that doesn't like Bible thumpers on their shortwave radio. Sorry. Sorry, but it is what it is. But I thank you for supporting the ministry. If you would consider helping us so we can, you know, hard to believe Thanksgiving is this Thursday. 
haven't decided what we're going to do for Thanksgiving on the radio program yet. I may want to do a best of, if you don't mind. Uh, but then again, I may decide that it is something important to do. So we'll, we'll just kind of pray about that. If you believe in the mission and ministry of Truth to Ponder, make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. The mailing address is Post Office Box 510. That's Post Office Box 510. And the city is Chilhowie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowie, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowie is 24319. That's 24319. That's 24319. You can also support us from our website, truth2ponder.com. That's truth2ponder.com. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. back to part two of Truth to Ponder for this Monday. I'm your host, Bob Bierman, and I'm, I don't know how to begin to thank so many of you that do listen. Now, I'm going to make a quick request before I forget and time runs out. Would you let me know how you listen? If you have access to email, please send me just a quick note via email. And it's real easy. And by the way, I've promised you this and I'm, I've kept this promise. I am not harvesting email addresses to like begin to bother you with emails. If you write me to tell me how you listen, I may reply to you to thank you, but you're not going to keep hearing from me after that. And my email address is pretty simple. Bob at truth, the number two ponder.com. Bob at truth, the number two ponder.com. Truth to ponder.com. And it would mean a lot to me. Or use our mailing address that I'll give in just a moment again before the program is over. Even a postcard would mean a lot to me. And by the way, I don't harvest a, a mailing list either. I just. I know a lot of ministries do. I know a lot of organizations do. I just have not felt that I should be doing that. That I should be just letting the program stand on its merits each week and trust God's people to keep it on the air. And you have done an amazing job. I'm going to be honest. I don't get paid to do this radio program. My wife and I are deeply invested in getting it started and keeping it on the air. To me, it's a calling. It's a ministry. I know for some, and I'm, I don't want to be critical, I'm going to say this real quick. I mean, I visited some websites like I normally take a look around the news, and there are a lot of these websites that are full of all this automatic advertising. I saw one I thought was rather humorous, talking about the side effects of vaccines, and on the left side, there is an advertisement from the CDC. Get your, get your bivariant booster. you got to be careful when you run a website. I know people are trying to cover their expenses. I get it. I know running a website, especially if you're not in my position where you're somewhat retired, 
it's you got to make a living. You know, the workman is worth his wage. I get it. And so we thank you for keeping this program on the air and also for praying for me. Now, a couple of stories that I want to share, and this will kind of get us into tomorrow as well. As you know, maybe you don't because there's not a whole lot of news coverage right now. There was a recent election in Brazil. A recent election in Brazil. And out of nowhere, and I've got some people that I communicate with in Brazil, in ministry work. And you literally, or they literally elected a communist. And they had the election results in really, really fast. And it was really, really, really a tight race, but they they declared the winner right away. And a lot of people in Brazil are saying this doesn't this doesn't make any sense. Now see, some of these Brazilians now that are protesting the election, that are protesting, you know, Jair Bolsonaro's defeat, are finding their bank accounts are frozen. That's right. These communists that take over, you can't challenge them. You can't even ask the questions. They will shut down your bank account. And they're ordering social media to block accounts of anybody disputing these perfect results. It's kind of the same garbage that that little man-child in Canada does when he has his little hissy fits, you can't protest my vaccine mandates. I'm going to shut down your bank accounts. And if Biden could get away with it, he would do the same thing. You know, thousands of truck drivers parked their vehicles in Brazil, just like what the truckers in Canada did to protest COVID measures. And these protesters say, the numbers just are not right. You know, people talk to each other. There is not, there's no big groundswell for a country like Brazil to become, well, heading toward communism. And so this new reprobate government of evildoers, we find it necessary and appropriate and urgent to block the bank accounts of anybody investigated, giving the possibility of them using their financial resources to illicit and finance undemocratic acts. I am so sick of these reprobate communists using words like democracy. That includes today's American Democrat Party. You're a bunch of unashamed communists. No, you're, when you say a democracy is threatened, you're saying your dictatorships are being threatened. So to keep the threat low, we're going to keep you from your money. Starve, you little peons. That's what the man-child did in Canada. The little boy from the World Economic Forum. A man that has no business being in leadership. And so we see bank accounts being frozen in Brazil if you challenge an election. If you if you don't believe in abortion and you want to exercise your First Amendment right, you'll probably have the FBI at your door, as you heard in the prior segment. We have weaponized the FBI and the Justice Department to be no better than the Gestapo and the SS in Nazi Germany in the 1930s. 
we've never had this in our country like this before. And so many people just don't want to say anything. They just want to get along. Don't want any trouble now. You understand? We don't want any trouble. As they watch freedom slowly erode away from them. Now, I'm looking at this other story. And this concerns me. And and I don't know. We'll have to find out. Like I say, I'm going to try to get people on that can really help me in helping you understand all this cryptocurrency. Now, I'm beginning to conclude a couple of things from what I have learned. That FTX Corporation, run by that kid, I hate to, well, but compared to me, he's a kid. He's not quite 30 yet, but you know, let's just say 30-ish. Here you got this guy that lives in a 12,000 square foot or did live in a 12,000 square foot penthouse in the Bahamas overlooking the ocean with all his young best friends and girlfriends and they all had this poly whatever relationship going on you know like almost like a sex cult going on in this penthouse and they're controlling how many billions of dollars in cryptocurrency where did the money come from Hmm, my mind says Ponzi scheme, maybe. I don't know. But we're finding out that this FTX company was doing a lot of money laundering. We're, we're finding out that a lot of FTX money was basically stolen taxpayer money, U.S. taxpayer money for Ukrainian aid. And somehow some of that money found its way to, of all people, I know I'm going to get somebody mad, but here we are. Time will tell to House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy, who used those funds to defeat true conservatives, destroying the 2020 red wave. Now, the Republican House Oversight Committee will be launching an investigation into Joe Biden's dealings with his son, Hunter. And they're going to try to figure out whether the president is now, because of his son, a national security threat. And then you have the G20. We shared some stuff last week from them. You know, the two things that they're really big about. Vaccine passports. Vaccine passports. Digital currency. Got to have that digital currency. And we must all be afraid of climate change. Seas rising. The earth melting in the heat. I mean, we're, we're being, we've been told, of course, they use the term climate change because they would look like complete morons, idiots, and buffoons if they kept saying global warming. Though they keep implying there's global warming, I'm sure the folks in Buffalo, New York would love to have an extra dose of global warming right now. Listen, I lived in western New York way back when. I went to high school just south of Lake Ontario, about an hour and a quarter, hour and a half from Buffalo. I've heard of lake effect snow. I remember being shocked one time to have three and a half inches on October 31st that melted the same day. But it was like, wow, this is early. I guess they're really true about what they were saying about the earth coming into a global freezing. Well, the folks in Buffalo... I just don't remember a time when you had between four and six feet of snow in November in Buffalo. 
I know it's cold there. I know it snows there. I live there. That's a whole lot of global warming falling out of the sky, friends. And so we live in this world, as I mentioned. The G20 is supporting a global vaccine passport. They're also really big about digital currency, controlling information, social media. It's the one world government crowd that have been around for 3,000 years. They just rename themselves, repackage themselves, but it's the same satanic ideology that drives them. Now, I did find one story last week that came out. This week, by the way, the New York Times, in partnership with the World Economic Forum, was supposed to be hosting an event this week that's been canceled. Yep, the New York Times in partnership with the World Economic Forum, was supposed to be hosting a live event this week with FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried. That name is suspicious. Bank, Bankman, Fried, Freed, whatever. Yeah, the bank is fried. Sam Bankman-Fried. Also at that live event was going to be Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. Meta-CEO Mark Zuckerberg, U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. But I guess ever since the money laundering operation of FTX collapsed, and with, you know, Sam Bankman-Fried facing extradition from the Bahamas to the U.S. I wonder how long he'll be protected. I wonder how many political careers will go down with him. I mean, they're saying, you know, the new CEO and the liquidator, John Ray III, who also oversaw the unwinding and liquidation of Enron, remember them? Another one of those that funded a lot of stuff. And he goes, never in my career have I seen such a complete failure of corporate controls. No, there was never any control. They had a kid that was a genius in crypto that could launder money and run a Ponzi scheme for years. They put millions upon millions upon millions of dollars, second biggest donor to Democrats. And now you have these lawsuits filed against FTX uh, founder, leader, Sam Bankman-Fried. They had no bank records, no list of employees, no no employee contracts, no security. When anybody wanted to buy something, they approved it using their iPhones with emojis. Now, there was a story that came out last week. There's, there's several agencies making the claim. We're going to get into this and try to find out if Kevin McCarthy used any FTX money in defeating conservatives. And let's face it, Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy funded campaigns of rhinos in the primaries. And then when it came to the general election, people like Mitch McConnell didn't support the candidate in Arizona and other places because they were too conservative. The, look, these slime balls are rhinos. McCarthy, you're a rhino. I know it. You you make you you play. You're a great actor, but in my heart, you're a phony and a fraud. And so is Mitch McConnell. I have little use for either one of these individuals. 
You know, McCarthy targeted opponents like North Carolina's Madison Cawthorn. Other candidates were in New York, Florida, Washington State, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Texas, California. And, and the rhinos in the Republican Party, the GOP, they're trying to enforce a unity in the party, but they want that unity to be among the non-patriotic rhinos. Those that are somewhat fiscal conservative, they like to be the opposition party. So we'll talk about that over the next couple of days. We're going to learn more about crypto, I know. We have to. There's a lot of dark money in the campaigns. A lot of PACs. And some of the PACs are not what they claim to be. Working on a couple of projects right now, and I need your prayers. Once again, I thank you for all the prayers you have given me to date. My health is doing so much better. I spent a little bit of the weekend working on a website for a church launch that will be coming sometime soon. Date yet uncertain. There's only one reason I I can't specify the date. I'm scheduled in January for one more procedure like the one that I had uh, back a few weeks ago. And they tell me, the doctor tells me it will not be near as long a recovery time as the first time, as there's not that much to do. And they're going to be applying a chemo-type treatment to ensure that there is no lingering uh, cancer of any kind in my bladder. It was caught at stage zero, low grade. And so we're very optimistic that we'll be around here for many more years to come. And I thank you for your prayers. But knowing that, trying to start a church and knowing there may be a few Sundays that I can't make it, and and start this mission is making it kind of hard to get a starting date. On top of that, we need to go down to Florida for just a little bit this winter, not that we're trying to escape the cold, but there are some things to be done with our home that need taken care of. And there are some things that I need to help out with at WRMI. I, I try to advise them technically on some matters and and I'll be spending a little bit of time, hopefully maybe a few days with them during that time and other things ministry related. So please keep me in your prayers during this this time ahead. And I'll tell you more about the church project and everything else that I've got going. And of course, Ancient Word Radio. We will eventually have a Faith Talk radio channel. We're working on it. A couple of people that do live programs are just trying to work out the technical details. So we can be an aggregator for not just this program, but many others. Some that are very much faith-oriented, some that are news-oriented. We want a little bit of both to help you in your daily walk. So I'm asking you today to pray for this ministry and consider supporting it. I'm the unpaid employee, and there are no employees at all at, at this radio program. But if you'd help us stay on the air, it's much appreciated. And you can mail a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio. The mailing address is Post Office Box 510, P.O. Box 510. The city is Chilhowie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowie, Virginia. And the zip code is 24319. That's Post Office Box 510, Chilhowie, Virginia. Zip code 24319. 
And I want to thank you once again for taking the time to listen today. Would you share this program with other people? We are there as a podcast, and we're going to talk a little bit about that mm, tomorrow or Thursday, about some thoughts I have on the podcast side, and some other things that God has put on my heart and mind. And we'll talk about that later this week. But until tomorrow, may God richly bless you as my prayer. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.